Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we take a look at the markets today, just a real quick glance across the board. Uh, we saw some higher numbers in the corn and the beans. As for the wheat complex, unfortunately, back into some some negative numbers for them. Let's flip the page to the livestock and a lot of red. A lot of red on the screen, except for those August lean hogs, which are off-boarding as we speak. Lots of things happening within this market trade today. And, you know, we've been talking for weeks on this program about what what an influence we're seeing from the outside market trade. And we are definitely going to be focusing on that today because it's had a heavy hand in what we've seen in our markets today. More than what we see in the weather and anticipation of crop progress report this afternoon or just even talking about Friday's report from the USDA. Mike Zuzalo joins us. He is with Global Commodity Analytics. And the funds versus the fundamentals, there's a lot of macro news as Mike kind of filled me in before we started this program. More on the macro news than I had been following throughout the day, dealing with China, Russia, and and Argentina. So, Mike, I think a great opportunity to really talk about how these outside world really does affect what we try to do here in agriculture. It does. And, and this really is to the grain and livestock producer. This has a tangible and material meaning to it, Susan, because we really are dealing with some conditions, unfortunately, as we head into Q4. I, I've been nervous about a recession. I, I think China's already in a pretty significant recession already. I think the EU is dancing on a recession, and I think the United States has some issues underlying with its debt and interest rate policies that could push us into a recession, thanks to the other two countries. You know, the top three economic powerhouses of the world economy, if, if they slow enough, I do think we have to start thinking and considering something you know, along the lines of a maybe Chinese-led financial crisis. And, you know, so that's where I really want the listener to think about it from a standpoint of, well, how much lower could it really go here, knowing that the models, the weather models right now are suggesting Des Moines, Iowa, on one model could be 110 to 111 degrees next Monday and Tuesday. And we probably know that that's not going to be that hot up there, but they're looking at next to no rain the next 14 days. This ridge looks like it's really going to try and establish itself again right over Omaha, right over my hometown of Atchison, Kansas. And so why would the market be going lower? And I think that's the best way to describe it and, and work things through, as you say, this funds versus fundamentals, soybeans feeling the weather fundamentals, meal and, and soybeans in the August contract expiring at pretty substantial premiums today. Uh, September beans now coming on as lead month at a 40 cent discount to where the August is going to uh, expire here today. Meal, September coming on at a 47, roughly 47 or $50 per ton discount to the August contract. But I, I saw at lunchtime um, a, a, a news update from a subscription that I get overseas that Russian commandos were boarding a Black Sea grain cargo ship on its way uh, on to Ukraine from Turkey. And yes, we got some short covering out of that, I think, in terms of headline news, but it didn't do anything in terms of changing the double-digit losses that we experienced in the European market closed very, very weak. Uh, and I think this really does go back to China's uh, major property bubble that is completely imploding at this point. Russia, the central bank, having an emergency meeting uh, being announced earlier today as they see their Russian ruble collapse at this point and their inflation uh, get kind of out of hand at this point. So the Russian ruble is at a 16-month low against the U.S. dollar, the Chinese offshore currency, 
19-month low against the U.S. dollar. And then coming out of almost nowhere was Argentina. A libertarian running for president has taken the lead in the presidential race there. Um, some newspaper and, and news wires are reporting that part of his platform is to scrap taxes on farm exports, uh, beans, corn, wheat, meat, and, and attaching the Argentine peso and pegging it essentially or scrapping it all together in, in the form of going to the U.S. dollar. You know, and that would change completely the issue with Argentina not being that big of a competitor uh, if he would win in the October election. So these are conditions that, that are really hard to explain on a radio program, but maybe you can help me with it. So looking at, I mean, did you ever expect, I mean, the, the way the market's opened this morning and how we've seen such strong um, influence in this trade today to end up like we did with such a strong, really trades with some negativity to it? No, and I mean, this is where it goes back to, I've been warning clients and subscribers about the wheat being the canary in the coal mine and the coal, and the coal mine being very dark and the canary not singing, and it's because of the currency markets. And China really, if I had to isolate anything, Susan, uh, China really is the problem here. I think the market is really preparing for maybe, as I said, a China-led financial crisis, and that means that they won't have much commodity demand, even though China's soybean imports uh, are up substantially versus last year, year to date. And I mean, by their own count, they're up 15% January through July. Um, and then their exports of, of iron ore, excuse me, their imports of iron ore are staying up pretty strong. Um, their finished steel exports are up 10% year over year in July. If you drill down in the fundamentals, China's commodity demand is not that bad. It is the financial situation and therefore the currency markets and the bond markets that continue to, to pummel us. And that goes hand in glove with what's going on with the Federal Reserve. Every time they talk about raising rates, the bond yields go up here in the states. The stock market tends to go lower now with the commodities, and it just opens up the door that we could have a better chance of a financial crisis. And I think that's really the nuts and bolts of what we're probably dealing with. And to me, the answer is not to sell any cash grain if we're going to have this uh, this this high pressure ridge dominate again in some of the driest areas of the country that USD just showed us are losing yield as of last Friday's report. It really goes back to buying puts and doing something like we did, uh, uh, not unlike we did, I should say, you know, about a year ago at this time. All right, we'll stick around, folks. When we come back, a lot more to discuss, including the ins and outs from an agricultural perspective of what we've seen. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell here on a Monday on the Rural Radio Network. Summer is going fast and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing this afternoon to hear from Mike Suzalo. Mike is with Global Commodity Analytics. And you know, Mike, uh, pretty heavy stuff. We talked about it in the front half, but it's stuff that we um, sometimes have been sheltered from, shall we say, in agriculture. But over the last couple of years, these global happenings have really started to feed in and eat away what we see in our market trade. 
Yeah, it has. And I think this is where this year may be a little bit different because of the global El Nino that we're facing. And that's what I'm really watching closely for is do we see the soybeans actually be the leader instead of the wheat market for a time because of our domestic weather and because of what's happening in Russia and India with their torrential rainfall and their impacting their wheat complex and their grain complex so substantially. But essentially, soft red wheat is back to where the top end of the range was from 2016 to 2021. We went from essentially four to six bucks. It was a pretty narrow range for about five years. We busted above that after the Ukrainian war broke out, and we're now retesting that $6 level in soft red wheat. And so my suspicion is that we need to add more geopolitical and war premium again, Susan, at this point, and, and also the supply-demand premium. You know, Friday's USDA report showed the major exporters and the wheat competition from them falling a net of about one and a half million tons led by Canada. So I'm sitting here saying to myself, why isn't U.S. wheat going up because of the Canadian situation and the drought up north of our border, and that is sneaking into our border through North Dakota. And I think that's where spring wheat becomes one of the key features here as we close out the month of August. So I would say that's probably the best place to start as far as what could counter uh, what's happening in China in the commodity markets if we don't see the market unravel and, and expect a financial crisis led by China. I still think that spring wheat and the soybeans could tag team and, and maybe help this grain market to have uh, essentially that typical summer, late summer, August rally that frequently we can have if we get the weather on our side. You sent out a, an amazing weekly global commodity brief uh, to your subscribers. And I just wanted to read this headline um, because it says, Wazi Report analysis suggests U.S. weather market not dead thanks to yield declines. And this is something you've been talking about um, even before the Wazi Report came out last week. It is, and it's because the modeling I do, you know, fortunately, it's been doing a good job the past couple, three years, and I think it really goes back to um, some of the other types of models and maps that you can you can look at if you, you know, get enough information underneath your belt. Um, I think it's important that the WASDE report was also very important for livestock, and in that same weekly brief, I, you know, spent over half the uh, nine pages of that report looking at the livestock side. I was really stunned that they came in at a beef production number increase on the commercial level of 465 million pounds for 2024 versus their uh, July projection just a month ago. And this is with, you know, cattle on feed numbers uh, currently down close to 11, 11.2 million head and, and well below last year at this time. So how are we going to get there? And, and USDA is suggesting um, that their beef production is going to be raised, reflecting a higher expected placement number in 2023 and early 2024. And the only way I see that happening at this point, um, Susan, is, is either the grain prices go down or we re-establish uh, this drought in some of the very key areas uh, of the marketplace. But if USDA is right about that, they kind of give us an indication now, and, and it makes sense to me, that the feeders could be the first to top here. And I think that's something we really want to watch for in the aftermath of this report. So give me your thoughts on the on the wheat right now. What is the driving factor that seems to be catching your attention? On the, on the wheat product, you Correct. mean? Correct, yep. Yeah, on, on wheat, I think it really is the fact that the market is almost tunnel-visioned on what's happening in Russia and Ukraine in terms of 
Romania announcing that they're going to double the wheat uh, imports that they bring in from Ukraine to 4 million metric tons a month uh, into the mouth of the Danube River um, uh, from the Black Sea. And I, I just think that the tensions are running so hot over there, it's, it's pretty unlikely that we'll get that. And even if we did get that, um, it, it's going to be a situation where the crop supply for 23-24 is down, and it's probably going to stay down in terms of both Russia and Ukraine. So there's got to be other competitors out there to get the wheat to the to the end users and those end users i think are really starting to get nervous real quick on this uh, livestock side what's the key thing we need to be watching for this week i I think the summer seasonal's ending and that's key and i think the hogs are showing that watch the equities market we're still running a very strong correlation there and as i said watch for the feeders to top if the drought comes back all right best way for folks to get a hold of you the best way to get a copy of that report and look at it in detail is globalcomresearch.com. We'll send that out free of charge, and you also get a two-week free trial. So sign up for that, and we'll send you out that weekly copy. Wonderful. Mike Zuzel has been joining us today. As we always like to remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Make sure you check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. And again, check out the information Mike passed along with that weekly update that he sends out. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.